Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, your weekly discussion of motoring news. So this is episode 460 on Tuesday, the 15th of March, 2022. Hello, I'm Alan. Hello, I'm Andrew. And this week, we'll be seeing how with BMW, they giveth and they taketh away. We'll be investigating what all the buzz is about. And we find out who gets so sick of discovering it was all the potholes that were the deepest. But first, we go into some follow-up. And I will start with, well, actually, a proper announcement, finally, to do with London's low emission zone, congestion charge, mm. clean air zone. What's it going to be? What's he going to do? How much money does he want from us? London's excuse to charge you lots of money to drive anywhere near London. Uh, yeah, we'd, we'd shied away from this because there were so many rumours. I mean, everybody was talking about it, but there was no actual announcement. So we decided we'd wait until there was an actual announcement. Yeah, and Sadiq Khan chose a speech to school in which to outline his plans. Shameless. It's just shameless. London. No, because he's protecting the kiddies. Awful. Oh, it's just so pathetically cheap. I'm sorry. Well, they all are, aren't they? To mean they all are, and they all are. That's not a political party thing. That's just a general British politicians looking for favour. Khan has asked Transport for London to consult on extending the ULES zone. Now, he has decided that the ULES zone expansion is the way to go. It is not to add a congestion charge. It is not to have a clean air charge, which was another thing that was muted at like £2 per car, every car, yeah, and all the rest of it. And because the idea is that he wants to do two things, apparently. He wants to clean up the air very laudable, and he wants to reduce congestion. Again, laudable. Mm -hmm. I'm a little unsure how charging cars that don't meet the criteria for the ultra-low emission zone fix congestion. Because I could see it doing the clean air. (laughs) My issue with this is that it's all stick. There's no carrot. It is all stick. It's we'll punish you and punish you and punish you until you go because basically we're either charge you for this or you'll have to pay to use public transport. Yep. And and put the money into TFL. That's that's what it's all about is making people use public transport, not necessarily by improving public transport in any way, shape, or form, but by making people have to to pay more money. Obviously, when the consultation comes out, when you, you talk about improvement, we've already been told that. The uh, Transport for London is going to have to work at a managed decline yeah. because they do not have the funding. The government are not prepared to put any more money their way. That's the government or the, the person who's now in charge of the government is the person who, when he was in charge of London and TfL, decided to turn off the tap on any of that money. Yeah. Yes, that is correct. The ULA zone, the idea is it's going to expand to the entirety of London. Uh Obviously, again, we'll say this in no. case we've got any newer listeners who haven't heard us talk about this at all. Obviously, there should be clean air. Obviously, steps should be made to help improve that. But as Alan says, with London, it appears to only be we will hit you with tax. Let's also be aware here, by the way, that there is no date. There are no dates given, uh, certainly not in this Yes Auto article that we're using as, as reference material, link in the show notes as ever. There is no dates on this. They are purely moving to a consultation. Whether or not they pay any attention is another matter. But we'll be sure to, to make sure that we flag up when that consultation is released so everyone can share their views and, and, and chip in uh, as is relevant. Yep. 
Do you want to take us to the next bit of follow-up? Next bit of follow-up. Last week, we talked about the Sony and Honda partnership. One of us got very excited. In in what way? You did. What form of excitement? Well, I got a little bit. Did they mention mobility? (laughs) Yes, I do. I do. I like a bit of the old mobility. Nobody knows what mobility is. And by the way, this this article doesn't doesn't answer that question at all. (laughs) But it is quite interesting about Honda and Sony by Nick Gibbs. It's on auto car business. And again, link in the show notes. It's really interesting. Just talking a little bit more on top of the discussion that we had last week. Yeah. If you want to just add a bit more to that. Yes. Think of it as nice a soft one, Thank you. lunchtime read extra. <laughs> okay, anyway, new news. Yes, and this is the news that Ford will unveil seven new EVs by 2024. That's going to be four vans and three passenger cars, uh, including Puma, a Mustang Mach-E, and then a... Uh, sorry, I've got that the wrong way around. It's four passenger EVs, three vans. Apologies, everybody. Okay. Puma, electric Puma is going to be one, Mustang Mach-E, medium-sized crossover, and a sport crossover. And then there's going to be various Transit and Tornios out. They're not a huge surprise here. I mean, some of this will obviously be related to Volkswagens because Ford and Volkswagen have that tie-up for their commercial vehicles. Yeah, the passenger vehicles will be leaning heavily on the MEB platform. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, you can expect things of similar sizes to what the Volkswagen have got and probably not just size, but proportions as well. Yes. More to the point because of where particular aspects of that architecture are. Yeah. That's just what's going to happen, but it should be, they should be suitably different. I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, don't, don't forget that uh, Ford did say that all passenger vehicles from them in Europe will be EV only by 2030. Mm -hmm. They reckon the light commercial vehicles will be by 2035. That's still all within all the all the times. I think twenty thirty five is a is a proper target now. I'd say so. Yeah. I'd say so. First of a number of BMW related stories. BMW has bought Alpina. So Alpina has been a tuning house that's dealt exclusively in BMWs, mostly making them. I don't know, making them quicker and more grand tourer than sports car. I think tastefully done as well yes and doing it extremely tastefully and and in a, as low-key a manner as is possible with a modern bmw <laughs> they've bought the, the rights to that basically that's going to go through it's going to the current setup is going to continue until the 31st december 2025 but after 2025 current lineup will be discontinued and a new strategy will be mapped out hand in hand with the bmw mothership uh, which all sounds a little bit creepy but i imagine it will end up I don't know, similar to AMG? I do hope not. Well, that was the reaction on Twitter was pretty much universally people going, oh, no, they're going to ruin it, aren't they? I mean, the problem is, we it says in this article, we only bought 270-odd Alpines last year or the year before, something like that. Hmm. They are a very niche, small producer, yes. so obviously when things in the marketplace sort of go a bit out of their control, it is very hard for these small manufacturers and Mm -hmm. small producers to be able to weather those storms. Added on top of that, the electrification of everything as well, that is going to be a massive leap outside of their core competence and their core skills. Mm. Tuning an engine, 
Doing things to the oily bits, yes, absolutely. Now you're going to do something with the electrics? Oh, hang on a minute. That's that's a that's a different kettle of fish, that is. Just out of interest, by the way, Alpina's been a very strange company as well. It does a number of different things. So we all think of it as, as car tuning. They also make office furniture and import wine uh, from memory. I'm sure someone will correct me if I'm wrong on that. But so there's kind of three things they do. They make, make fast BMWs, uh, office furniture. And, and wine uh the oh the office furniture and the wine parts of the business will continue um but they'll be rebranded as boven which is the surname of the, the the founders and the people who run it mm. but that story reminded me i finally caught up uh last weekend on the salvage hunters classic cars uh there was the oh, last right. episode i hadn't behind. watched where they just touched breathed on that bmw and it looked lovely i wouldn't have had it in black but yes as ever i think it worked well in black i thought obviously that clean shiny black and Mm. then maybe not my street in february in mizzle (laughs) you see i i always think that those should be that that style of three series should be light metallic green because that's the color my parents was okay yeah yeah i can see that (laughs) <laughs> it was, however, a 316 on steels. So, you know. <laughs> Andrew, another BMW story. Uh, yes, and this is the news that they have posted their strongest profits in 106-year history. They made, last year, a 12.46 billion euro net profit, making that a 150% increase on 2019. Obviously, it was massively better than 2020, because whose wasn't? 2020 doesn't count. So it's interesting to see all these car companies saying how well they've done in the last year, even though the pan- uh, they had obviously still tailwinds of pandemic issues, mm-hmm. particularly across the globe, different, different countries doing different things. But then the chip shortage, mm-hmm. and then prioritizing only the... The highest earning vehicles mainly yeah exactly so yes we'll see what happens next year thing is they won't have been spending as much either no that's the other side of that is not just they'll have been they, they may have been bringing in more but they'll also won't have been spending as much because they'll have had to pause r&d they've had yeah. to pause all these things yeah too. yeah because uh, added on top of that they had allocated 1 billion euros for the antitrust mm investigation that the eu were doing that the eu shelved in the second quarter yeah which i missed i missed that they'd done that that one billion euros suddenly went back in the coffers so that Mm. obviously helps yes one last bmw story for this week and this one was one but when i saw the headline on automotive news europe it, it threw me a little bit because it says bmw recalls 1m vehicles worldwide on engine fire risk and i thought oh well that's not very many they didn't make a huge number of 1ms <laughs> it's not what it meant though <laughs> and then i read further down saying bmw will recall 1.03 million vehicles careful there where you're your number can tie in with a model name so 1.03 million vehicles worldwide over a potential fire risk it's the third recall over essentially the same issue since 2017 it involves vehicles built between 2006 and 2013 including some one series some three series some x3 some five series some x5 and some z4 models and it's all about the PCV valve, so the positive crankcase ventilation 
or horrible recirculation valve, which might short circuit, and that in turn could increase the risk of a fire. Now, some vehicles have already been recalled for this, uh, specifically in South Korea, uh, as well as the US and Canada. Uh, there was a big deal about this in South Korea a couple of years ago when it was first found out, wasn't it? Yeah, South Korea seemed to get really quite vocally cross. They did. Uh, when did. things was, they seem to be increasingly vocally cross when things are not quite as one would hope they are should be aren't aren't we all <laughs> bmw is saying they're not aware of any accidents or injuries related to this but it says and again i'm quoting this article it said owners do not need to stop driving pending the recall fix but should stop driving if they see smoke from the area near the engine compartment or smell smoke or a plastic burning odour, which, to be honest, generally makes me stop driving anyway. Yes, if, if one notices flames leaping from the bonnet, perhaps consider pulling over. <laughs> anyway, I'm sure if you check with uh, your BMW dealer uh, or a BMW dealer near you, they'll be able to tell you whether your vehicle's affected or not. Yep, absolutely. Right, I'm going to take us to Volkswagen, and uh, they have announced that they're going to invest €2 billion Euros in a new uh, factory at the Wolfsburg uh, site, specifically for the Trinity flagship model that will be coming out. And there's a couple of things in this that made me chuckle, because it's aimed at providing, and I'm quoting from the Autocar article, aimed at providing Volkswagen the production capacity to rival Tesla, which... I didn't know whether it was a quiet dig or was actually <laughs> serious. <laughs> it's, a, it's a tough one, yes. Mm -hmm. Depending on how you feel about Tesla, take that whichever way you like. <laughs> I think so. Well, I'm looking forward to Volkswagen assembling their cars. I mean, that's a, that's a fair, that's fairly big news, isn't it? And that's all going to be based on, the, on Volkswagen's newest platform, the SSP or Scalable Systems Platform. Essentially, it looks like it's essentially the successor to MEB. I think so. so. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a it's another huge chunk of change that Volkswagen are saying they're throwing into things. I don't know if it's part of what they've already announced and they're being they're getting to specifics now, or whether mm. this is a an additional. It feels a little bit like a government funding one. You've got to go back and check and go. Yeah. Was this part of the huge sum you mentioned, or is this a new sum, or is this? What, or is this, or is this a little bit of the original one and some help from someone else who's definitely not the one that you're meant to be paying the money to anyway? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's it. It's just getting quite complicated, isn't it? But it's massive amounts of money that are, are having to be spent by manufacturers at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. So it's just as well that they're, they're recording such such great profits and income. Yeah. Mm. Well, talking of which, you want to take us to Aston Martin? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, did we just mention Aston Martin and profits in the same line? That barely ever happened, hasn't it? Now, there's some news out from Aston Martin saying that it's agreed a deal with British Vault. So British Vault, talked about lots on the on, on this show before. They, as you can imagine, are British uh, and to do with electric vehicles. And, of course, they build, um, uh, commercially build batteries within yep. the UK for EVs. So Aston Martin has teamed up with them for batteries for high-performance EVs. Uh, obviously, most recently, we talked about Lotus teaming up with them to use uh, to use British Volt's batteries uh, in its new electric sports cars. Uh, so we'll see just what, what happens there. Lots of Aston Martin 
mechanically bits are all Mercedes right at the minute. Again, another interesting diversion off that to see whether or not uh, it's curious that they're that they're not going out and using exactly the same batteries as Mercedes are at the moment. But then maybe it'll be the other way around. Maybe Mercedes are using Aston Martin as a test bed for some of these high performance batteries. Yeah. yeah, I think I just talked my way right round in a circle there. I think you've given us every possible permutation, so that's good. Yeah, and uh, yeah. So yeah, now I'm we can always say that. that we were right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely right. Of course, it's both ways round. Yeah. Yes. No. Maybe. Yeah. Right, I'm going to take us to some good news, and we have finally had the date of Haggerty's Festival of the Unexceptional announced, and it's the 30th of July, 2022. That is a Saturday. Looking at Twitter, most of the people you would expect to be going have said they will be going, so that's good. Mm -hmm. Hopefully the getting into the place bit will be sorted this year. I'm presuming... It's going to be along the lines of lessons have been learned from the first time of running this. Yeah, I, I think so. Yes, yes. The 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 the, the queue to get in was a little bit tricky, but it was a fantastic day out. You don't have to have an unexceptional car to go along and enjoy it. No. Uh, you, there's a difference between exhibiting and just going into the into the car park for all the cars, which is kind of cool. The special guest judge will be Televisions, Mike Brewer. I also noticed that Steve Cropley uh, of Autocar will be joining the judges as well for the oh, first time. Yes, that should be, it should be good. Um, yes, I would love to be sure that I was going to it. I would like to be able to make it to that, but I'm not sure I can. Well, yeah, mutter something about people taking lots and lots of holidays. <laughs> okay. Also, that was <laughs> There's a line that's going to get cut. Uh well, that's the end on that, that cheery note. I think that's the end of the first part <laughs> of our possibly last ever show. Once <laughs> certain people hear it. Well, no matter what's just been cut from what comes before, it's Guilt Minute, the quick break in the show when we ask for a tad of financial support to keep the lights on and the hosting running. If you feel the Motoring Podcast is worth a small consideration every month, then you can become a patron. The different levels of Patreon include different levels of commitment from us to you, including being able to watch the show recorded live. We also have a small range of merchandise available from our website and Teespring store, from stickers to mugs and t-shirts. If you don't have any spare cash and we completely understand, then you can help us by following for free from a podcast player to receive every show as they're released and by liking and rating the show in whatever way your podcast supplier lets you. If you've done all of that, and some of you do, so thanks very much, then the last thing you can do is to recommend us to your friends or colleagues. Thank you, everyone who does. Mm-hmm. You all rock. Right, new new car news. Yes, uh, new new car news. Uh, uh, this makes me think a little bit of the TFL uh, TFL story right at the very start, uh, in that everybody's been talking about it, and we've been notably quiet on it, and that is the Volkswagen ID Buzz. Finally, finally, after many, many years of gestation. I mean, come Five on. Five years. Is, is that quicker or slower than a blue whale? Remind me. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember either. Yes, the ID Buzz EV van and MPV. thing from Volkswagen, <laughs> van and MPV thing from Volkswagen uh, has been revealed in all of its production glory. What do you reckon, Andrew? 
I quite like the looks. I like the fact they've they've managed to capture some retroness mm-hmm. um, without. I'm reminded of the early 2000s a little with the retroness, but hmm. I think it carries it off reasonably well. It, it's not kitsch. No, it's it's not too. It, we'll we'll see that I'm sure on the roads. <laughs> People will adapt. It's only a matter of time before that happens. Yeah. But as it comes out of the box, it is not kitsch. I'm a little disappointed in the interior packaging. This is what everyone's saying. Now, I'm not sure if this is the Volkswagen micro bus equivalent of, oh, you you can't hose it out. Mm, Three three seats, three child seats across the... there's There's only two isofixes in the back. Yeah, that that does seem to be the thing that's upsetting some people, and I do understand why. Yeah. It just feels like it's a missed opportunity for a couple of extra inches. Just a little bit. Surely someone in the in the team at some point went, look, we can't get three across here. Yeah, you do. It it is a bit of a shame because that is that is a, a challenge for, for quite a few folk. Yeah. The only model we get to see is we get to see the short wheelbase one. There is a long wheelbase coming out in 2023. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like Obviously, the visibility, the uh, where you're sitting, how the interior looks, and all the rest of it. Lots and lots of ID three parts in there, by the way. That whole button panel for the lights, the the, the driver's binnacle and stuff. That's all straight up ID three. I'd be interested to know some specs of how far it will go, particularly laden, because. I think that's going to be the toughest thing for Volkswagen mm-hmm. is that people who won't have done enough homework before they buy one will suddenly be quite vocal if it only does, say, 150 to under 200 miles before needing to charge again. Mm. Uh, I, I I can see that being a problem for for those people who just go, Oh, I want a car. I like the look of that one. It's electric as well. Tick, 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 tick. Let's go. Without understanding, you do need to make some adaptations. Similar to the issues the Taycan had, you mean? Yeah. Remember, there was there were some people who were being quite some some new owners who were being quite vocal about the fact that all of a sudden that, that this wasn't what they were expecting. Yeah, and I imagine that's the case. There's 77 kilowatt hour battery. Uh, as standard if there will be more battery options available in the future that long wheelbase for example will offer an 111 kilowatt hour battery yeah and there'll be smaller batteries as well so it just depends what you're going to use it for really i, yeah. I suppose and, and and how you're gonna you, you're gonna yeah what your i use think case i think is. for that sort of vehicle and for say it's the people rushing to the southwest for the summer holidays no i, I still think at the minute a hybrid is the sweet spot of not being a diesel and chucking out loads of fumes, but equally you are able to get to your end. If again, with caveats of they plug it in, they use it properly, et cetera, Mm. et cetera. But I'm not sure for what people use their MPV vanny vehicles at the minute, whether the, the electric tech is quite there, maybe a year or two early. What I wouldn't be surprised by is if you start to see start to see the van version being used as urban delivery as an urban delivery vehicle yep. for sort of 
slightly chic places. It's such a great opportunity for a little bit of marketing. I would be amazed if people don't do that. Yeah. Amazed. Similarly, by the way, there's also a camper van due to arrive in 2024 as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I imagine that'll be longer ba- longer wheelbase, big battery, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Interested to see what happens. It should be, it should be, uh, yeah. I, and it's, I, I really want to see one in the flesh. I'd, I, yeah. I'd love to, love to try it out because I'd love to see how, because we've tried the car, we've tried cars. So we know what to expect with a car, but this is a slightly different vehicle mm. being asked to do slightly different things. Yeah. So it would be really interesting to try just the van version as well as the MPV version. Mm-hmm. Twin test. Yes. <laughs> that works. That will work for me. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's just yeah, a little bit on the ID buzz there. Yeah, folks. Uh, there don't seem to be prices yet. Uh, I'm sure. Starting that will... around about 40k for the van, and expected to start around 50k for the MPV. My apologies. There are some prices. It seems. Well, it's sort of uh, aroundabouts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm sure. Indications. That I'm sure that there'll be a, there'll be a noise, possibly a buzz, whenever the uh, whenever the the actual prices are announced. Thank you, Andrew. Lunchtime read. Yes, this is from Evo. They've got a series beginning. This one started at the back end of February, uh, in the magazine. But it's how to design a car, and they're starting part one with wheels and tires, and they have had conversations with Peter Stevens, and they are discussing... Lovely person. Follows us on Instagram. Yes. We are going to learn properly. I love... Everybody who's heard me for any time knows I love listening to designers talk uh, and explain the art stroke witchcraft of wielding a crayon when it comes to cars and he does go into what they used to do before CAD and stuff like that. So it's really, uh, it is really fascinating article. Do click through and read it. And then we will also link in when others come out for the, I don't know how many they're going to have in this series at Evo, but we will put those out as well. Peter, uh, one of the things I most regret from university was not pestering. I think our course leaders more to get Peter Stevens to come along and, and speak about vehicle design at one point in Glasgow. I'm now thinking of the shame gif and sending it through the airwaves to you for not. Thank you. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. All those, the, the, those were the Ds. Yes, list of the week. Mm-hmm. Anyway, list of the week this week is top is one of Top Gear's top nine, uh, and it's called Everything's Better with Spotlights Edition. And everything is better with spotlights. It's true. <laughs> everything is better with spotlights. There are only nine things here. Andrew, would you like to choose one? Yes, I'll take um, from one to nine, please. No, <laughs> but one specific that this is so hard to pick one specifically. It is actually. This is why, why do you think I just uh, lobbed this one over the really, wall? Really, really hard. I, I think. <sighs> you could always take the cop out and take number nine. Uh, I know that that was a little bit of a cheat on their behalf. Well, it's. It, I think I'm going to go with the Mini Cooper because the p- particular picture they use in the article is stunning and the light configuration on it is lovely. And I would happily please have that car. Thank yes, you. well, that one there's very much Italian job spec, isn't it? Mm. That's why you've seen that. But it, it, that, that, it is so hard. I would have taken, I honestly would have taken any from one to nine. No, not a problem. 
Yep. Same same here. Uh, absolutely same here. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's some of my favorite cars in there. But there isn't a bad choice. Let's put it that way. No. No, no. Sometimes you look through, we look through these lists and we go, yeah, that one's a bit lame. They've obviously run out of num- run out of that number, but here I think it was it was the opposite problem. We're just yeah. far too many for I've nine. Only got so nine. It's a really good one. <laughs> really good one. Yeah. Uh, which brings us to the and finally this week, Andrew. This one's in your court. <laughs> well, we all know the state of roads in the UK is poor, hmm. and some of us, hello, may be more vocal than others about the shocking state of their roads. Hmm. However. I've not quite got to the point where I have donned a high-vis jacket, grabbed a shovel, and decided to go with my mates and fix the potholes locally, as Rod Stewart did at the weekend, around the roads near his home in Harlow. (laughs) Yeah, because his Ferrari can't get through them, but, you know... Uh, also, though, also, but let's let's be clear. He mentioned that after he talked about the ambulance had got a puncture because of the state of the roads. He did. He did. He's he's he's. I, I think he's generally a good egg. Yes, Sir um, Rod Stewart. It's amazing how quickly the council and the highways maintenance cabinet minister mm-hmm. jumped up and went, "Oh, I will make sure this is fixed immediately." <laughs> when yeah. Rod Stewart is the person who is splashed across the news with a shovel. The 77-year-old with a shovel filling in holes of his local road. Bits of him are 77 years old. (laughs) It is. No, 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 no. That's a a proper proper feel-good human interest story. Well, talking of, you know, not so long ago I harped on about the 59 potholes in a 200-yard stretch of the road near me. Yes. They came not long after that, patched up three. I was about to say, well, they're 56 now. <laughs> and then two days ago, they came back again and they have highlighted two more. <laughs> it's like, what do you, you just do them all? It, it would be quicker to do them all in one go. It, you've got this small stretch. You Even with the man with the wheelbarrow would be quick, just shovel out, tap that down. That's done. Next one, which is all they're doing anyway. It, it just... The thought process that is going on beggars belief. There is no thought process going yeah. on. That is the problem uh, yeah. with, with that kind of stuff. It the, must the short, be costing them more in claims. It must be. Mm. Mm-hmm. But then you look at it and you go, is it really worth starting a claim on this? Because it's just going to waste so much of my time. Uh, and, and you end up. I think that's what they hope. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. Anyway, let's not. Let's not dwell on that. Uh, anyway, uh, parish notes. Not a lot to highlight right at the minute. I'm loath to promise a special edition on Friday. Hoping, it's been recorded. We are hoping. Hoping. As long as there are no crises, which can't actually be guaranteed. In the next 10 minutes, let alone. <laughs> in the next, yeah. <laughs> let alone before 7 a.m. on Friday. Uh, then there should be a there should be a special edition uh, with you on Friday morning. Fingers crossed. That's about it. We've been up to much else. Oh, a bunch of stuff going up on Instagram. I know it's been a while. I've decided to play Splat the Bot again on Instagram. Uh, and I was at the Tacona uh, meet on meet on Sunday morning. So that happens relatively near uh, Stansted Airport uh, at a place called Sawbridgeworth. If you enter the town, then you can't really miss it. Yeah, it was it was it was excellent, really good, and it was uh, it's highlighting the fact that it's good for folk to talk to each other 
mm-hmm. um, as much as anything else. Good for your good good for the the head and your general mental health. They've also got a podcast out, by the way, if people are interested. They do. Where they, he's chatting they do. with uh, interesting people. They are, uh, and of course, they're related to the back roads uh, as well on YouTube. Mm-hmm. But yes, the meet on the third Sunday of every month is well worth attending, and plenty of people do. There was, I mean, I was there for a couple of hours, and and the place was was packed. There were maybe about 200, 250 cars by that been through by that point, uh, filling up all the, all the car parks. And also great bacon roll and excellent coffee, which oh, I did by the time I got down there anyway. <laughs> what did you take? R- really well worth it. I, I took the Grim because okay. because it, it needed, a, well, yes, it needed to run. It hadn't actually been used since the parallel Pomeroy. And Johnny, just the thought You managed of, to dislodge the cones from underneath it by then. What, the German? Yeah, yes, yes, just about. <laughs> Uh, and then Johnny, I decided I just couldn't face the thought of an hour and a half each way with that noise. Are you addressing that? Uh, yeah. Yeah, we're going to have to. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're, we're on our way to. There's a couple of other little snagging bits in there. People have been asking for a Johnny special edition, so we should probably schedule that in at some point. Okay. Sorry, this is planning in action on the podcast. But anyway, what I was trying to tell you about was Dakota Meat, third Sunday of every month, Sawbridgeworth, which is just near Stansted Airport well worth going along even if it's only for for 20 minutes an hour or something uh really really varied cars uh, and i'll be putting up pictures of the kind of stuff uh, throughout the rest of the week most of them had front number plates uh if you're the kind of person who picks up on that kind of stuff and just generally very interesting cool cool that's us for the week i think so don't forget between now and next week you can give us any feedback and share your thoughts for the show at motoring podcast on twitter and instagram on facebook and on the contact page of motoringpodcast.com the hub of all our activities remember you can support us financially via patreon and please leave a review or rating on apple podcasts or however your podcast app lets you do such a thing andrew what's the best way to get in touch with you Best way to get in touch with me is via Twitter. If you search for Crack Windscreen, you should find me there. And Alan, if people would like to know more about, say, where you were on Sunday, what's the best way for them to do that personally? Well, funnily enough, it's going to be Twitter again, where I'm at AJP Bradley. That's B-R-A-D-L-E-Y. We'll be back very soon. But until then, I've been Alan Bradley. I've been Andrew Clues. And safe motoring. <laughs>